This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. Do you have bad credit and minimum capital and want to get started in real estate? Hi, we're, we're the, the Mobile, mobile Home Elite, Elite Investors. Our e-course solves all of those problems by giving you all the strategies and secrets to become a successful mobile home investor. Tune in at www.mobilehomeeliteinvestors.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful, resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to episode 21 of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. One for Black Wealth Renaissance, David Bella checking in with my co-host, fellas. How y'all doing? What's good? What's good, y'all? It's Jalen checking in. Well, what's good? Kelly checking in. What up, what up, what up? It's Jerry checking in. How y'all doing, man? Chilling, man. Just got off a plane doing the podcast in the truck. Hey, that's what I call <laughs> dedication, man. At all costs. <laughs> it don't matter what it is. If you'd have had to, you'd have done it on the plane a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him I'm going to use my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> But nah, man, this is a pretty dope episode for us. We really got a very inspirational brother on this episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, very special guest. Yeah, man. man. Like we happy to have player, you know, uh, for the New York Jets. You may have seen him a while back on like our Instagram feed. Yeah. Uh, he saved ninety percent of his income, and he teaches a class at the University of Penn. And I just think that's so cool. And man. We got none other than Mr. Brandon Copeland on this thing. Mr. Brandon, how you feeling, man? Feeling great, man. I'm feeling feeling uh, humble that that y'all uh, chose to have me on episode 21, man. Congratulations! I'm sure it's been a, a journey to get this far. You know, probably, you know, when y'all started, y'all were probably like, dang, like, can we do it? Can we this? Can we that? And and look at y'all now. So um, I'm just excited to be one of one of your guests, man, and and uh, looking forward to the great convo. Well, thank you, man. We appreciate you coming on and just 
blessing us and about to bless the audience. I know with some great gems, man. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely been a journey. It's been a fun one though. A lot of knowledge being learned, yeah, a lot of uh, people being helped. And that's one of the greatest things that I can say for me has been one of the greatest things for me at this is being able to help other people and uh, the inspiration we give to other people. And so, uh, Brandon, can you give us a little like, like background information about like yourself, uh, where you're from, you know, how you got started, what even made you want to save 90% of your income? Yeah, nah, so, okay, so I'll give you the spark notes. Brandon Copeland from Baltimore, Maryland, originally, I went to um, the University of Pennsylvania, which is an Ivy League school. Um, I'm in the NFL now, so when you think football, Ivy League, you don't really think NFL. Oh, yeah, you definitely don't think NFL. Um, however, in high school, the third to last game, my senior season, um, one of my teammates, my my coach put me out there on special teams. One of my teammates goes down from injury. I get out there on kick return, which is the first time I had to do that since seventh grade. This is my senior year of high school now at this point. Didn't didn't have to do special teams. And, and um, you know, I get out there, and one of my own teammates falls on my ankle, falls on the back of my ankle, it pops. I'm, like, literally limping around the rest of the season. But for me, that was a time when every parent, adult, that had ever said to me, hey, you're one play away from this being taken away. That for me was like, oh, like, you know, they're, they're not playing, right? Like, this, I see exactly what you're talking about. And as we all grow up, you know, we somebody actually mentioned that to me the other day. I just had my first child, you know, over a little over a week old at this point. And, like, someone mentioned to me the other day that you realize as you grow up that, like, your parents and a lot of those older people in your lives – lives were right <laughs> with, with a lot of the things that they're doing and suggesting. But as we all have to do, we have to see it and grow and, and live it out ourselves, make our own mistakes before we decide to say, Hey, like, you know, I'm going to try to do it this way. So for me, when my ankle popped, that was the, Hey, this is, you know, you're away from this being gone. Um, so I decided to go to the university of Pennsylvania, small school, uh, from a football standpoint, great school from a business standpoint, um, best decision I've ever made in my life in the sense of uh, exposing me to a totally different world and, and uh, a different network and amount of opportunities out there. Um, and from there, work my tail off, work my tail off, still work my tail off to this day, uh, and, and got my shot with the Baltimore Ravens as an undrafted free agent. Uh, I was practice squad my first two years. So really actually my first year and going into the second season, my first year and two weeks um, after the two weeks into my second season as a practice squad guy, which, you know, if you don't know, NFL, you have active players. Those are guys you see on Sunday running up and down the field. Some of those guys are making above the minimum salary. Some of the guys are making minimum salary. Minimum salary might be 480 something at this point in the NFL. So great. Great salary. Practice squad guys, you you see some guys on the sideline in just plain street clothes, or not street clothes, but you know, they're the sweats and stuff like that, team issue gear. Um, some of those guys are practice squad, some of those guys might be injured, um, some of those guys are inactive. Some of those practice squad guys, you're making, you know, I think the minimum for practice squad might be a hundred and twenty thousand, hundred and sixteen thousand at this point. Uh, my rookie year, I think it was at one twelve or one oh six. Um, but I was practice squad and, and practice squad, you're pretty much week to week, nothing guaranteed. I mean, you're still like that for some of the active guys. Um, going into my second season, I played two weeks practice squad, got released and sat out the rest of the year, sat out being, you know, that's a nice way of saying it, but fired the rest of the year. Didn't know if I'd ever get a chance to come back to the NFL or anything like that. Um, fortunately, fast forward in the year three, I worked my tail off again had an amazing shot at this thing called a, a veterans combine the way God works. It was the only time they've ever done this combine was that one year that I sat out and I was one of, I mean, th over a couple thousand players, former players applied to this only a hundred. They only accepted a hundred of that. I think two out of the hundred actually made it back into the NFL. Um, and I'm not even sure if anybody else is, is still going at this point, but I was one of those two. And since then, that was in 2015. I've been active ever since, and 
and just working and hustling. And I think that for me, I've always wanted to do more with my platform. Um, football is what has always been a means to an end. It's been startup money, startup capital for whatever I'm trying to do and accomplish in my life. Um, when I think of football, I think of when I think of football, I think of a, a, an amazing opportunity. However, when I think of just what I want to be remembered for as a person, as a human being, it's never been just football because when I thought of as a, I won't even say cocky kid in high school, but just as I go around, I speak and I, and I tell some of the athletes I speak to is like, when you walk through your high school or when you walk through your college and you see those teams and those players from former teams, right? Like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline you don't really show them respect, right? Like, and that sounds rough, but like, as a competitor, you're more of like, I want to make you forget that these players ever even played here. Like, I want to be the best that ever walked through this door, right? And there's, it's not a knock to the players that came beforehand, but me, I feel like I'm a pretty decent human being, a pretty humble human being. But if I walk through a high school or my college, and I think like that, then what's that going to say about my legacy when I'm gone for another kid, right? No one's going to be at my funeral talking about how many tackles I made this year, right? Um, and so for me, it's always been an opportunity to take football and to use football, use something I'm good at, and let that catapult me into wherever else I want to go. I love I love games. I love football. I love this opportunity. It's, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you're distracted, you're this, you're that. No, like I, I enjoy the fact that I can, you know, have an off season. And, you know, like I, I enjoy the fact that like I work my tail off like nonstop. And I, I enjoy the fact that um, the experiences that football has provided me that I've worked for. Right. Um, but I also understand that, again, what will make me happy on my deathbed, like when I'm literally old, decrepit, gray, all that type of stuff, like, and I look back, I'm not sure how much football will be in those highlight reels, right? Like, I'm not sure how many sacks I'll in that moment. I, I probably will think more about the football camps I've had and, and the, the mosh pit to Old Town Road all the kids just had, right? <laughs> Or like what I was able to set my son up with or, or my family up with, right? Like those are the things that I think will will carry me beyond my death. And so fortunately having that type of perspective on life has allowed me to just sacrifice in the near term to create that in the long term. And I know that was a very long winded answer, but boom. Yeah, that was good. That was definitely that was good. Yeah, oh moment. Yeah, because there's a lot in there, man. It's a whole lot in there, and like themes that I just want to really point out to is the amount of hard work and dedication it really took. Like that's one of the major, major themes. Because like I know people, for you to get to the NFL and get this opportunity, a lot of times people just take it for like natural talent. They don't look at the amount of work that y'all do put in, and like with anything, it's always the front end work that's gonna get you with the back end benefits so that you can do what you really wanna do. Now you're able to build out this platform because not only are you in the NFL, you have access to a lot more things now. You have capital on hands. I'm pretty sure you got some investments that we wanna talk about later in the episode probably with you, man. Yeah. It's just, it's just really dope that whenever you put that work in, you can really see it in real term. Like that's what it does for people. So could you tell people just a little bit more about how hard you actually work for this football thing? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, it's 
a lot of people always talk about being the hardest working person in the room, hardest working person in the league and all that stuff. And I like, uh, you know, people might not be able to see and truly understand it until you meet me, hang out with me, all that type of stuff. But like, I really don't blow smoke. I don't fake the funk or anything like that. Even on my Instagram, all that stuff. Like I'll share good, bad, negative, all that stuff. Right. Um, I believe I'm the hardest working person in the in the NFL, like hands down. Um, an example of that, I'm gonna give you an example of right now. We're preparing for training camp, right? My son was born Thursday, seven eleven. Um, so July eleventh, last Thursday. Before that, we had which was crazy of me. I'm fortunate to have a, an amazing backbone and support system and best friend and my wife. So she understands my crazy, but the Tuesday, so my son's due date is Thursday. He actually came on his due date, which is amazing. Um, on Tuesday, I flew out to university of Washington. So flew from New Jersey to university of Washington, all the way on the other side of the, the country, uh, to speak to their basketball team. Right. Um, tripping complete, complete tripping. So 6 a.m. Let me give you a, a quick glimpse at that that day. So 6 a.m. flight, uh, land in Washington at 9 a.m., you know, straight straight through. Go meet with their basketball coach. Go do all of that type of stuff. Go work out myself in their gym, their, their thing. Like, make sure I got to get my stuff in, right? Go uh, – then go to shooting practice with them, which was just fun, me having a, a good time. And then, uh, with that being said, then speak to the team, all that type of stuff. By 10 p.m. that night, back on the flight, let's get back home and make sure I'm ready to deliver this baby. Whole time hoping that this water doesn't break all this stuff. This is our first child. So, I'm, again, I'm tripping. But I'm, this is what I, I love to do. I love – this is the life I've tried to build for myself. I fly back. I land at 6 a.m. the next morning. So 6 a.m. I fly out. 6 a.m. the next morning I've landed. I've been, you know, I've slept on the planes and all that type of stuff. And then I get land in Newark Airport. I go straight to the Jets facility. I train my tail off. Right. Leave the leave the facility around one ish. Come home. My wife is feeling contractions and labor. Cool. All right. Cool. Boom. She goes into labor. We don't deliver the baby until the next day at 4.50 p.m., you know, so we're up doing our thing, all that type of stuff. While she's in labor, I'm handling business. I'm handling calls and stuff like that in between contractions, all that type of stuff. Nothing too crazy. Like, I'm not – like, this is the moment I've been living for. But, like, you know, while she's taking a nap or whatever, I'm going out handling something, right? <laughs> My trainer – since high school, he's in Florida now. He understands that we're having a baby. I usually I'm in Florida training at this point in this junction. So I fly him in on weekends so that we can simulate as much as possible my normal training regimen. So my wife gives the birth at 4.50 p.m. He flies in. We, you know, we, we enjoy the baby, all that type of stuff. You know, wham, wah, wah. He's, you know, got, got a few hours of sleep that night. Because uh, he was just tired from delivery, which was great. Um, stay at the hospital. My trainer flies in every weekend since beginning of the summer. He's flown in at like anywhere from 10 p.m. to midnight. Like this past weekend, it got delayed. So he didn't land till 1.20 a.m. I literally pick him up from the airport after doing my own workouts during that day. So Friday morning, I wake up, I work out myself. Then I go to a boxing trainer. I work out. Then... I pick him up from the airport at night. I go take him. We go and work out again at a facility, at an indoor, right? We literally get home. I drop him off at my house and I head to the hospital at 5 a.m. just to be with my wife and baby. Wake up in the morning. That's the day we get, we leave the uh, hospital and, you know, get wifey and baby packed up. We come back home and then me and my trainer put in another two workouts on that that Saturday, right? So we done one. We don't get in the house till 5 a.m. We're back on the field at 1.30, boom, and then back on the field again at 9 p.m., right? And then we work out again on Sunday morning, right? We do that. Then he flies home to Florida, and we just repeated that again this week. And, again, during the week, I'm working out. I'm doing my normal workout routine, right? Like, I'm still doing multiple workouts and boxing and, and all of these different things. But then on the weekend – 
trying to make my normal training routine happen while I'm here in New Jersey, it's literally sickening. I actually put it on my story this weekend and people are like, what are you doing? Like it's hundred degrees outside. I'm out there in a hoodie and sweatsuit. And again, he flew in, he landed at 1.20 AM on Friday. We went to the facility. We didn't leave that thing till 4.39, got home, <laughs> then woke up, went to the field at 10.30 AM, went to the boxing trainer at 12.30, did a whole nother boxing workout. Then by 6.30 on the field again with him, then this morning and woke up again, right? And I'm going to training camp on Wednesday. But like again, there ain't I when I walk onto the field from a training standpoint, I'm like, you haven't touched me. There's no I walk on with supreme confidence now because I'm like, there's nothing that you could have done. You're not willing to outwork me, right? Like, and that's a crazy powerful feeling. Now I need to catch up on sleep. I will <laughs> admit that, right? <laughs> However, like there's nobody who can sit there and say, like, hey, I've, I've done what you've done, right? And I've done this for multiple years, not this crazy of a schedule, obviously convoluted with a newborn baby, but like if I was in Florida, I'd be training seven, eight hours a day and then at night going and doing a swim, right? So it's just a difference. It's a sickening work ethic um, that's carried me, but it, again, there's so much attached to it um, that it's easy for me to put in that work ethic. I'd rather get to the end of my career and be like, look, I did everything possible, right? I've taken some guys with me who love training, love working out, and I brought them with me. And literally by day two, day three, they're like, I am done. Like, <laughs> this is it, right? Like, but they're my boys and they're like, listen, but like, I see what you're doing. And like, you'll literally know that if you don't make it, like, it's not from a lack of work, right? Like it's, is something else. And that for me personally, that's what I need to just exist in this world, right? Like anything I do, it, I can't fail because of lack of work and effort, right? I can fail for because I'm not smart enough. I can fail because I'm not good enough, not talented enough, all that type of stuff, like naturally talented, but from a work standpoint like that, I can control that. So I just got one thing to say. Yeah. What are you doing with your 24 hours if you're not putting in this type of work? This is for the listeners. If you're not putting in this type of work, what are you doing with your 24 hours out of the day? Because this man out here working. Like, sometimes you got to – we always talk about the sacrifice. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sometimes man. the sacrifice might be your time. Your yeah. time sleeping. You hear how strict this man's time schedule is? What? I need a nap just from hearing it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's it, again, it's like you got to pick and choose your battles in the sense of like, you know, people you, you want, you want X, Y, and Z, right? Like, are you willing to put the work in for X, Y, and Z, right? Um, another thing I share is like people think it's just a football thing, right? Like when, when I started real estate, there was a time where I literally, when I was in Florida last off season, last spring, it was one of the bigger times we had just, I don't think we just got started in real estate, but maybe it was two springs ago at this point. But um, I remember after the gym, again, after these seven hour stretches, I'd be in the gym at like 7 a.m., leave at 3 p.m. And then I'd go home, shower, and I'd head to Home Depot and literally just bother people and just like, talk to the carpet person about carpet and different types of carpet and what, what makes something cost more versus less. And then talk to the window person, figure out the difference in windows, doors, pre-hung, all of this type of stuff. Right. Like, and for me, even though it was draining, right. Like I'm literally damn near limping sore into these places and people like, you should be the rest and you should be this. Right. Like for me, when I get to the place I want to get to, right. Or even now people look and think like, hey, like you, you, you're doing it. Like you're maxing this thing out. You're doing great, right? They won't talk about those type of sacrifices, right? Like people want the, the, the glitz, the glamour, quote unquote, right? They want the, oh, I want to do the real estate. I want to do this, right? But again, like what are you willing to sacrifice? Not even necessarily give up. I mean, you do have to give up certain things, right? Um, and we can get we can go into a wormhole with this, but you know, again, I, I also think I'm truly blessed to have a wife who understands and, and a best friend. And again, it's at times it's like, you know, they're on the back burner, right? Like they, 
they are literally like, again, two days before the pregnancy, my wife, I couldn't, she completely understood from a business standpoint, the opportunity, like what we were doing. So she supported, but there's a lot of people that wouldn't, wouldn't fly. And again, for me personally, I, in the contrast, they understood if my baby came, I'm not going out there. Right. But <laughs> we had the doctor's appointment right before we left all that type of stuff. Like, you know, um, so again, it, it's just, you know, are you willing to sacrifice in your relationship, right? Like, uh, is your partner willing to, to make sacrifices for you, right? Um, all of that type of stuff, it, it goes into it because it, it's a it's a long journey. I mean, I, I talking with my trainer today, we were talking about, you know, I'm like, sometimes you're just like, hey, I, I'm waiting for that time where I'm not grinding like this, right? Like people talk about, oh, the grind, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding. Well, I'm grinding for that time where I can just be happy and just like, <laughs> and chill and relax, right? Like, I don't want to be 35 working like this, right? So, you know, again, ultimately understanding it too is that you work like no one else now so that later on in life you can live and, and, and uh, live like no one else. So live like no one else now so that later on in life you can live and give like no one else. So, um, so yeah. I love that's, it. That's dope. Uh, I I know one thing I want to pull out of there, just like from what you were saying, like the overarching theme with it, with the sacrifices, like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, anytime we introduce an idea like that on the page, we get flat, we get kickback. People don't want to think about, oh, to make my dreams happen, I'm gonna have to miss out on some sleep. You know, I'm gonna have to miss out on, you know, going out, you know, to drink or something this weekend or different things like that. Like this, just to translate it for everybody, him going to the gym and dealing with the stuff like that is still going and limping literally limping into lows is the equivalent of you getting off work at like five you hadn't done too much of nothing but sat at a desk all day but you say you don't have time to go check out that real estate video but you want to get into real estate come on <laughs> exactly <Let's> be honest <laughs> exactly your actions actions speak louder than words as they always say so you know i'm i'm, I'm with you 100 percent on that oh yeah i did okay. i had a question too though I wanted to ask, like, what what got you started with real estate? Because you mentioned real estate. Exactly what I was about to ask, too, bro. What what got you started? How did you – because I I might have my timeline confused, but it sounded like you started while you were in the NFL. Yeah, no, 100%. So, for me, I've I've invested. uh, I I was fortunate to have an internship on Wall Street as a sophomore going into my junior year of college and then going into the senior year. So that was, and even in high school, I actually worked for at a hedge fund. So that was like my introduction to stocks. But at that point I was just working and like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just sitting there and and just collecting checks Um, (laughs) and, and just seeing, you know, things go green and red on the screen, but had no idea what was going on. But then in, in college, that's when it was like, okay, like people are making a lot of money doing this. So um, I've say that to say I, I got invested into the market. I've always kind of managed my own money, uh, trading and everything like that in the market. And, and for me, real estate was a way to diversify and also have a ultimately have more of a say on the outcome of my investment. So, you know, there were times where I felt like I make great decisions from a stock standpoint, but because, I mean, even now, I mean, because the president says something wild, like this whole market is down, right? Like I have no control over that, right? So, so for me, real estate was a way to one, have more control over where my money was going and why. You know, with real estate, I can control whether it's a rental or a flip. I can control if, if, whether we buy or not. I can control the design. I can control the costs and, and, and all of that type of stuff to a certain extent, right? So um, that's how I got into real estate. And then in 2017, I actually tore my peck on the first preseason game, during the first preseason game. And so that literally sidelined me for the rest of the year. And that going right into that year was when I – initially found interest in real estate and I bought my first house that June I tore my peck in August and then while I was sitting out I was like this is actually the time for me to just hustle up this might be the opportunity God has given me right like a lot of people look at it as an obstacle this might also be the opportunity God has given me to 
focus on building this, right? And building something special and seeing if I I can do this, right? So um, it's funny, I actually was looking at a, a video of myself that my wife took yesterday. I actually went and because again, training camp is starting on Wednesday. So um, not to timestamp this, but <laughs> y'all can cut it out if you want, but training camp is starting in on Wednesday. And so I, I go through and I pick a few photos and stuff that I want to put in my locker throughout the year that are going to motivate me this season. So as I'm going through all of these photos and stuff, pictures of my son, my granddad, my wife, my mom, my brother, all this type of stuff, I see this video of me in a sling, fresh out of pec surgery and in Best Buy looking at appliances. And so when I was in Detroit, I actually bought a house to live in it was a single family home, like a townhouse. Um, I was going to live in it in season and then rent it out at the end of the season. I tore my peg. So I had to hurry up and find a, a rent, a rental. It became my first rental property. And I just, for some reason or another, I can't remember how I was probably still looped off the meds, but I found out that Best Buy had appliances. And clearly, I mean, everybody might've known that, but when I grew up, you know, I only thought of Best Buy as video games and a place you can go play. Yeah, and TVs and stuff. Same. <laughs> yeah, so I literally have this video of my wife recording me walking up to all these washer and dryers with my pec, my, my arm in a sling, and then I got, like, blood, the, the little thing catching the blood, because I'm literally right out of surgery. And she's like, only this man will get out of surgery and come to Best Buy to start looking at appliances. Like, all, all <laughs> right? But that's just that's just the way my mind works. So, um so yeah, that year is when I really got into real estate and we've been ripping and running ever since. I'm really interested in flips, um, not necessarily the rentals as much, uh, but yeah. That's cool, you, that dedication. Yeah. Yeah, that's super dedication, man. You out here getting blood on these people washing and dryers and stuff, man. <laughs> so with, with, the, uh, with the real estate, are you, you know about like the opportunity zones and everything, correct? I do. I do. I'm not yeah. well invested in them. I will say that I'm not. Well, I, I am invested in them, but not a, in the sense of everyone else in the sense of holding it for the 10 years and all that type yeah. of stuff. We actually mm -hmm. currently, you know, there's a former player, Derek Morgan. You should all reach out to him, actually. Um, I think we uh, I think we got Derek Morgan on the yeah, schedule. We got him on the schedule, man. Well, tell D. Morgan, I said, what up? He is uh, starting a, a $200 million Opportunity Zone fund. And um, him, Charm City Buyers, who I know y'all have had on. Yeah. Uh, you know, D Morg, I'm actually one of the advisors to the fund and everything like that. So that's um, major. That's so major, bro. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool. And I understand about the tax benefits and, and you know, putting your money in these places and holding it. Right now, again, I'm interested in flips. So, you know, for me, um, you know, what it would have, there's two sides to every coin and you know this is just good good info for everyone to have and and you know when i came into it i thought rental 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 like that's what i wanted to do I wanted to get places by college campuses all that stuff and then as i've little wing is now streaming on paramount plus i'm in a period of emotional people it's all the oh i don't care crap a little adventure where are you going i'm gonna steal a bird from the russian pigeon mafia let's do it goes a long way Join Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Thought about it even more, and we have a rental. Um, you know, actually, the house I, I'm in that we bought initially, we bought our house that we're living in now, and eventually we plan on turning it to a rental, right? Um you know, as I've thought about it, it has to make sense uh, for me personally, where I am in life, it has to make sense from a money and time standpoint. So the next places that I'm looking to are more multi-mixed use uh, buildings just to check them out and understand it. But for right now, you know, for me, it, it, and this is me just sharing like, you know, my unadulterated thoughts for anybody out there that might help uh, for me. You know, you have a rental, you have your, your set cost, somebody else is in this rental paying the mortgage 100%. It's great. I think, and we're, we're paying down a little bit more each month. I think we're making like 
few hundred bucks a month off of this rental. You take a few hundred bucks times 12, you're looking at 3,600, right? If that's 10 and moves out and I got to repaint this place, I've lost money, right? If a pipe bursts and I got to redo something, right? I've lost money, right? As opposed to for me, when I do a flip, I don't look at anything I can't make at least 30K off of. Right. And then I do that. And sometimes it falls below that 30 K. It might be 20, 15, whatever. But sometimes it's above that. It might be 55, 58, 40, whatever. Um, but like for me, I can grind three, four months, make me 40 K, 30 K. OK, cool. Right. As opposed to now I have this rental and then I'm also me personally, I'm chasing that financial freedom. Right. Like I'm chasing that life of I am the boss. When you have a tenant, you have to a certain extent, you know, they're not your boss, boss, you're the owner, right? You own the building. However, if something pops up right before Christmas, you got to drop everything and make sure that gets handled, right? Or you have a project manager that handles it, property manager that handles it, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're still, you know, it's not that you're not the boss, you're still, you're still tied to that tenant <laughs> to a certain extent, right? You got to give up your time for it. Exactly. And for me, you know, I'm weighing the pros and cons of that literally right right now. So, um, you know, it's not to say I'm not going to continue to try to acquire rentals. It's just more of I got to examine them. Yeah. Very it doesn't make sense for you from a time standpoint. You yeah. heard like you got you got that strict schedule and it, before the off season, I'm pretty sure that's when you do most of your flips is during the off season. The off season is normally what, like five months? Right, right, five months. And we built it so that now it's like it can go in season as well. Um, but the off season is the bulk, like you said. Like it's the off season is when it's like, okay, hey, you know, I can give more eyes to this, right? Because I, I design stuff myself. So I get the measurements for the kitchen and I design it out, right? Um, in season, I'm not, you know, that you might be waiting a couple weeks <laughs> for, for that. And, and that's slowing the project and that's more money on my pocket. So, you know, we don't, we try to make sure like we have a house we're working on now. We have a house that we just closed on last week and they just started demo on Wednesday. So it's again, we're trying to get all those conversations done and out the way as much as possible before training camp begins, because at that point life is my primary, right? Like I have this, again, I have this amazing opportunity with, with this football <clears throat> You can't take that lightly. Right. I have a question. So playing football is a very cutthroat, I guess, playing in the NFL is a, is a cutthroat sport. So one one wrong move, one wrong person in you, you could be out of the NFL. How do, is there a certain strategy you have for your personal finance with the with being in that such business? Yeah, save as much as possible. <laughs> literally save as much as possible I think again I've seen it from both sides again I've been fired my first couple years in and I thought you know didn't didn't think that I was you know some you know obviously as a practice squad guy you're not feeling like oh I'm a hall of famer at this moment in, in my head I'm like okay I can work to get to that point but like you know you don't feel that confident in your abilities or, or your job security as a practice squad guy but you know once I got fired um, and I've been fired multiple times in the league up until, you know, after that vet combine, you realize that, again, this thing can be gone like that. And <laughs> you want to take as much as you possibly can from this league. Uh, I think everything in life, not every, well, yeah, most things in life, you can kind of boil it down to a transaction. You know, even personal relationships, there's certain relationships that are just draining, draining, draining. There's certain relationships that are mutually beneficial. There's certain relationships you're probably draining, right? Like there's certain things where I look like, damn, like I'm, I'm, I'm the, 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 the leech in this situation. Right. And that's, um, and when you look at the transaction from Hey, I'm in the NFL, you know, they're there. This is a business. You're getting something from it. They're getting something from it. And, and I think that the goal for me and the goal for other players should be, you know, how do I take, how do I make and take just as much as this is taken from me, right? How do I make this as beneficial for me as this is for the NFL? And again, some people say, oh, you get the paycheck, right? Well, the paycheck is great, 
if you're saving it, all right, if you have something left over when it's done. And so, you know, I think that that's what a lot of guys are, are, are you're seeing a shift yeah. in it. Um, but what I will do is I will challenge guys to really audit themselves and audit their finances and understand their expenses because I do see some guys, uh, most guys are, are doing the right thing, and, and but some guys are literally in denial, right? Like it's, oh man, I'm not spending a lot, I'm not doing this. And like, I'm watching, I'm watching you spend right like like not like i'm watching you from a, a instagram social media story no like I'm, I'm like i'm literally next to you and i'm watching what you're doing i'm like this like you just i just watched you blow racks right and so i think that that's just the next level step you know guys no, nobody wants to go broke right nobody wants to be that next story and you got guys out here like lebron james who are making this stuff Cool. making just being bigger than the sport cool starting businesses and all that type of stuff and now it's just about guys in their own time you know finding the right people and and educating themselves enough to take that next step for themselves however in the meantime you don't have to wait till tomorrow to save right um and, and i think that that's so eat it's there's challenges being with being an athlete and saving because there's a life that we have to do. Like most of my expenses are really training, right? Like, so that's an investment in myself. But most of that 10% I'm spending is really stuff that I've spent in like, <laughs> like flying a trainer up to train me this year. Right. Like I couldn't have guessed that never could have didn't think of that. Right. Or I live in New Jersey, have own a house in New Jersey, but I live 40, minutes 42 minutes away from the, my training facility with no traffic right with traffic in new jersey i mean all it takes is a really hard rain right then my drive goes to an hour 15 to an hour and a half right if nice. i'm 15 minutes late to a meeting that's a thirteen thousand dollar fine right so now i literally live in new jersey own a house and i have to rent a place next to the facility in season because it's like oh just wake up early right well one that's also an investment in myself that's an extra hour 40 minutes each way that i could be sleeping i could be icing i could be watching film for an opponent who's literally just waiting to just come there on sunday and try to whoop my tail right mm. also it's an investment to avoid that fine right that potential fine right like that that i wake up and it's snowing on the ground I got a 42 minute drive, right? With no traffic and that's me, me moving. So, you know, that it's just not happening. So, you know, those are costs that like you can't plan, you can't predict, you never think of. It just ends up, you know, it, it's a part of doing the business. So we do have some costs that a lot of people don't take into account. Um, you know, but with that being said, you know, what I challenge people to do is also you know, all of us as athletes have got, had to go to college and what lifestyle were you accustomed to before, like before college and in college, right? And so when you take on that next step, that's one of the things I talked to our rookies with the Jets this year coming in. I did it last year as well. But, you know, one of the things I challenged them to do is like, don't change up your lifestyle, right? Like you were comfortable eating ramen noodles and stuff like oodles and noodles a few weeks ago. Now you just signed for a million and now you got to have steak every night, right? Like, Again, you deserve to treat yourself. It's not to not treat yourself, but it's also like you don't need three cars now, right? You don't need two, right? You just need one, right? Um, you don't need to to buy everybody everything. If people are coming to you, and, and again, because you have money, because the, the irony and everything, when people saw that, hey, Copeland saves 90% of his money, and again, I never gave them that headline. They took they tried to do the math and took it and, and ran with it. Um, I actually probably saved more to be quite honest with you, but I wouldn't give them percentages and all that type of stuff. Right. Like that's just not, that's not me. So, you know, I'm also blessed to be making a very decent amount of money to be able to, to do that. Right. So it sounds awesome. But when that headline came across the, the, the news line, I got more DMs and messages in my life asking for money 
and me to front people's tuition and book random people, right? Really? Like random, wow. right? Like crazy. Um, ideas, all of this type of stuff, right? Which is, and I also got a much, a lot of great press, right? Like that's the media machine. Like I got a lot of great press, a great buzz has pushed me from a speaking standpoint, business standpoint, all that type of stuff. And I've, I've used it, but again, oh, now I know it's there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what people were messing with. I know you have the money saved up, right? And, and so, you know, that's another thing that these guys, uh, all, you know, all of us have to a certain extent is, is people pulling at you. And, and you know, the pr problem is when the average person gets pulled, you know, hey, like, you know, I'm just a little behind on something. You mind if I borrow a few hundred bucks, such and such, you know, I get it back. Ooh. With us, hey man, I'm a little behind on such and such. You know, you mind if I borrow 30k? All right, I, I, I maybe I got a business idea. I'll get it back to you. Like you just fix your lips to ask me for 30k. 30k. 30 what? 30K. Ask me for. I've I've heard 13. I've heard 30. I've heard 100. I've heard 750. I've literally like oh. it, it's just like like you you fix 750 dollars, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Man. How you fix your money? Just to ask. This not like no pitch, no investment opportunity. Just ask. And some of them, in their mind, it's an investment opportunity. No business plan, no none of that stuff, right? But other people, sometimes it's really like, hey, like you know. But I've heard situations, family situations, and stuff, where it's like, hey, let me get. Can I get fourteen? I need this. I need to pay for this. I need to do this. Blah blah. Like you, if I wasn't in the league, you wouldn't ask me for that. So, don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Act like I'm not in the league, right? And that's another thing that I challenge people to do is you got to learn how to say no because, again, you you nobody in your right mind should be asking you for that type of money. Um, again, if you didn't make it to the league, what would they do? You know? So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a wormhole effect. And, again, that's what a lot of people don't necessarily see and account for. But, you know, I think it's, it's also us – our responsibility as players and, and, you know, again, a lot of us have gone to college and, and done our best to educate ourselves while in that system. It, it, it's also our responsibility to one, put pump the brakes on it and then also try to teach people how to fish as opposed to just, Hey, here you go. Here's 13 K, right? Like I, my job job is really to show you what you can do so that you never have to ask me for that type of money in your life. And shoot, if I needed to ask you, maybe you'd have it, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe you let me borrow something. I love how you just said, you know, teaching people how to fish and stuff, because that was another point that I wanted to get on. Uh, you teaching at at your school, your your class that you have, what is it, Life 101? Yeah, that's what I nicknamed it. It's Life 101. It's technically urban financial literacy, inequities and empowerment, but it's really financial literacy, Life 101, so... Um, what I basically tried to do is, is create a class that talks about all the different things that we have to deal with in life that for some reason or another, at least me personally, I know some, it, it exists out there in some schools, but, um, you know, we don't talk about in school. So how to buy a house, what's your credit, good debt versus bad debt, all this stuff that people have thrown around term wise, but like, what does it really actually mean? And how do I use it to my advantage, compounding interest, uh, investing, Retirement investing versus active investing, all this type of stuff, budgeting. Um, so we literally, we, we go through a gambit of information and we do it in a, a, a humble, down-to-earth way. Um, it's not your typical classroom style. I mean, it's not, I won't say I'm not your typical professor, but I mean, I don't care about grades. I, I really don't. Um, you know, I, I, I care about attitude and, and you know, just trying and, and also you know one of the things we did is is you know if you can teach this to someone else then i feel like you have a good grip on the info so instead of doing some crazy final exam you know we had a bunch of high school kids from philly come to penn and then we had my students teaching these high school students these different things so now you're spreading this financial literacy to younger minds. One, they're getting a free college visit at an Ivy League school, which is great. But then two, they're getting interested in investing at an early age and who knows where that goes from there, right? Um, and then it also gets my students, one, comfortable enough to uh, 
talk about the information or the topics, but then two, even more comfortable, if you can teach it to a high school kid, can you teach it to your mom? Can you teach it to your cousin? Can you teach it to your, you know, how does that trickle? Um, how does that have a ripple effect in your family? Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're really uh, excited. We're going to go back again next spring, but I'm also in the midst of working on building my own online platform where anyone can come and, and get this info and, and, you know, we'll be live streaming classes sometimes and, and posting courses and, and just content and everything. So it, it is, we're, we're excited, man. It's, it's, uh, it's been fun for me. It's, it's part of my, I guess, legacy and just want to, in the sense of wanting to just share information. Um, I look at the opportunities I've had as an athlete from an accounting standpoint and a financial advising standpoint. And again, I manage all my own stuff, but I hear everything, um, access to ventures and, and all that type of stuff. And I think to myself, I wish my mom had this type of access, right? Like she's working her tail off or she, and she is, but I, I watched her work her tail off for myself and my brother growing up. And if someone would have directed her to invest her 401k a bit differently, right? Um, who knows how differently her retirement would look now as opposed to how it does, you, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, thinking of little stuff like that, and that's why I'm like, if we can get this into school systems early, then that's a way for me to help people or encourage people to learn how to fish themselves. and and. You know, it's not one of the also also one of the things I learned uh, through the semester speaking to the point you brought up earlier about how sometimes you talk about sacrifice, you talk about this and that and people give you pushback. It's not for everybody. Right. Like some people just don't want want it. Right. Like I don't. And that's another I think great thing about my approach as a professor is like, uh, you know, I don't no offense, I just don't have the time to force feed you this information and care more than you do, <laughs> right? Like the information I'm teaching you is only gonna help you, right? right. Um, and we're fortunate, we've had great students and everybody's coming in, they love it, right? Like they, they enjoy it and they, they wanna be a part of it. Um, but one of the things that I, I thought about as we talked about um, value is Hi, everyone. Jazzy Bell here from Woman in Hip Hop Podcast. And if you're a fan of music, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Woman in Hip Hop Podcast, a show that focuses on the many talents and influences from women within the culture. And is brought to you exclusively by Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. You, like, I value X, Y, and Z. It might be family, uh, legacy, all that type of stuff. You might value family, but you also might value a nice car and being able to buy your mom a, a beautiful brand new house. And someone else on the call might value being a value jewelry, right? Like he grew up and always wanted to have jewelry and be able to rock chains and all that stuff, right? I've learned that it's not my job to tell you what you should and should not value, right? It's, it's more important for me to just teach you as much as I can financially so that you know every decision that you're making and you know to understand the consequences of it, right? Like you understand, okay, well, I'm buying this car, but you know, that might set me back on this house that I really want to buy a couple of years from now, right? And, and you know, we had an experience in class that kind of was my aha moment of like, wow, like this one of my students, you value something totally different. And it looks like you just completely missed the entire lecture we sat up here talking about <laughs> saving <laughs> and all this type of stuff. However, nah, who am I to tell you what you value, right? Like if that's what for, makes you want to work and hustle and sacrifice the way I have, like, hey, go get it, right? Because I know I, that's the way I live as well. Like if that's what I truly valued and I wanted to be on first class, everything and private jets and all that type of stuff. And that's what I really truly wanted for my family and myself. then that's what I would work to get and create. Right. So it's nothing wrong with it, but just making sure that you, you understand again, the consequences, like I'm, I'm bought these private jets. Do I have enough saved up where, you know, <laughs> where it goes backwards. If I'm out the league, 
can I still do this? Or, you know, am I being smart over the long term with my money? Right. So. Um, so, yeah, it's been a fun experience, man. It's been it's been humbling. And uh, again, I can't wait to watch where it goes and where it grows. I love it, man. That's cool. That's I definitely cool. want to commend you for giving back to the community in that aspect and just being able to teach people. Like you said, you ain't got to hold a hand, but teach them and expose them to different areas that they might have not have been exposed to. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate you. And just, just piggybacking off of that too, like, I think that that helps like what you were saying, I felt like it was so cool because it changes like the trajectory of what people might have done with their life. Like they might've had like a spender's habits or different things like that or been raised to like be spenders and not think about saving or think about investing. But by you saying this, you know, you can make things or you teaching them those things it can make different stuff happen. You know, like what you said with your mom with the retirement, like if just the access to this knowledge from an earlier age can change the complete trajectory of how you were going to go all because you just understand a few things earlier. And I think that's one of the really cool things about financial literacy and like why we have to spread it out and diffuse it into our community the same way, like what you're doing. So I, like Jalen said, just piggybacking off of that. I completely like, Hey, good job. (laughs) I appreciate it. I think it's again, it's it's encouraging not only for you to learn personally, but then also for you to share. And I think that's one thing, sadly, in our culture is we just don't do enough of. Is, is you know, if I have an opportunity, I want like everybody to have an opportunity, right? Like, if I know about some tax loophole, y'all should know about a tax loophole, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that so many times it's you know we get information and then we just you know, not even from a, a an intentional standpoint, we just, we don't share it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, if, if you should be sharing this with your best friend and your cousin. And these should be the conversations we're having, right? We should have all, all the other conversations we're having, but hey, when we got that dead time, instead of being in our phones, let's talk about this, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, and then mm-hmm. let's all be on these, these uh, you know, the, these amazing paths to early retirement and, and whatever. It's not even just about retirement, it's just financial freedom, happiness, less stress, all that type of stuff. I mean, we're in this, this phase of, of mental anguish and a lot of it comes from finances, <laughs> you know, not being where you want to be financially, right? Like that takes 100%. a you emotionally and all that stuff. So the more you're able to control or, or, have an understanding, right? Not to say you'll always be where you want to be. I'm still not where I want to be, right? Like, you know, not to say you'll be exactly where you want to be, but when you have at least a confidence and understanding of what's going on and you're not just a pinball at an effect to every decision around you, then that that is at least half the battle. We're more than half, really. It's probably like 80% of the battle, to be quite honest. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I think we're gonna go pivot to the last section of the of the show. It's, we uh, do a little session called "What's on Your Timeline." Just kind of asking about something you've seen on social media, or something you posted, or something you've seen that you just thought was impactful and you wanted to speak on. Hmm. Great question. Great question. Um, I've actually been off social media for the last about week and a half, but obviously I I go out shout out. Derek Morgan, man, I, I think. Oh, yeah, <laughs> shout out to the man. Yeah, what he's been doing is is uh, amazing. He's done. I, I played with him my second year, and and my my a little bit of my first year, and going into my second year, and and there's certain people who you gravitate towards in the NFL because you see and look at him, you like, hey, this guy does things the right way, from on the field standpoint, off the field standpoint, all of that type of stuff. Um, and I think that not even just speaking to what he does, but the way this relates to, to everyone listening is finding yourself mentors, right? Like that is crucial to your success and, and finding those people around you that you're like, hey, like, like I, it might not be everything, but hey, like I really like what you do right here, right? Like I'm going to emulate that, right? Or I'm going to work to be that. Um, and then you find someone, like, oh, dang, like I like the way that you – do this right or you over here in a conversation that oh this man always goes has a date night every week with his wife right like mm-hmm. I need to make that my priority or I had a conversation with my trainer and he had his uh my athletic trainer with the Jets and he 
has haircuts and ice cream or haircuts and donuts with his son. His son is like three years old. And every three weeks or every two weeks, him and his son know it is haircuts and donuts time, right? Like, and I thought of that and I'm like, dang, like, that's a pretty cool concept, cool idea, right? It might not be haircuts and donuts, but like, I like that idea for something that I'm going to implement with my son and then whoever my future family, you know, future kids are and stuff. But uh, finding, never be too uh, arrogant to pick and choose inspiration and motivation from people around you and things around you and stories around you. Um, I think that that's one of the things and one of the reasons why I am where I am is because I literally can find motivation and learn from whoever I can. Um, no matter what status you have, like I'm listening and, and paying attention. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my thing. Shout out to D Morg uh, for what he's doing in terms of the opportunity zone fund and, and really building. Uh, but also, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, when I think of D Morg, for example, I think of a vet, somebody who's done it the right way. And you, everyone should align themselves with the vets and, and the people who are doing it the right way and, and people that they can emulate and also ask questions and pick their brains at, at time to time. So, yeah, it's a good word for the day. I love we it, my brother. It, appreciate it. it. We appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Well, my brother, we are coming to time. So we're going to uh, wrap up the episode on that high note. <clears throat> um, once again we want to thank all the listeners for just continuing to rock with us and just follow us and keep following us uh, we appreciate you Brandon for coming on the show dropping some gems my brother taking time out your very busy schedule yeah, to man. just spend some time with us we definitely look forward to keeping in touch with you my man uh, we're about to start taking our show on the road so hopefully we can catch you whenever you got a little time on your hand Maybe we'll be able to get another one out you, man. Good. Good. Before, before we, we, we wrap things all the way up, Brandon, can you tell the people where they can find out more about you, man? Oh, great for us, man. I appreciate that. Uh, on social media, I'm at bcope 51 on Twitter and Instagram, B-C-O-P-E-5-1. LinkedIn is huge now, too, so I need to post a lot more than I do on there. But LinkedIn, obviously, Brandon Copeland is my name. And then my website is www.ecopeland.com. So um, any info about me or reaching out to me, you can find through there. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just keep building. Keep building in 2019. Yes, sir. Now, y'all just heard it. He gave you the, the Instagram. He gave you the email, all of that. He is a public speaker. I'm putting that out there, too. I want y'all to go book my guy. Yeah. Don't DM my dude asking for 30K. Hey, don't DM him talking about $30,000. Build some value. <laughs> Stop being disrespectful. That's gotta suck too. Cause I I know that's my go-to. Whenever I'm not trying to get somebody some money, man, I ain't even got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they was lying. They was more like nine percent. <laughs> Uh, I know you got it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was food, bro. But yeah, man. Uh, everybody, y'all make sure y'all check out the website www.blackhawkinson.com. We got all the good tools, resources, calculations, we got courses. Man, we just got a lot of resources to help you learn how to build wealth and continue building that wealth on that website. Uh, Jay. Yeah. Um, also, if anybody out there can edit some audio, DM your boys. We about to try to give y'all a job opportunity. DM your boys, that's all I gotta say. Um, also, but y'all follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Instagram at Black Wealth Renaissance, uh, on Twitter at BWR underscore movement. Uh, go to the Patreon, follow the Patreon, uh, become a Patreon member. Um, you, you get some great bonus content. There's a funny episode about me and him, a bad investment out there. I'm just saying, if y'all want to hear it, y'all go become a Patreon. It's, 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 it's not funny, but it's funny. It's Patreon.com slash the BWR. That's Patreon.com. T-H-E-B-W-R. 
Anybody else got anything y'all want to add, fellas? Uh, and I appreciate Brandon Cooper. Yeah, man, definitely. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on here, bro. You got anything else you want to say, Brandon? Nah, man. Appreciate y'all having me. Excited to watch y'all continue to grow. Excited to, excited for the season. Ready to knock some heads. All that. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm ready to watch. Yeah, I ain't we gonna lie. We trying to pull up in Baltimore in the off season here. Yeah. There <laughs> we go. But good luck to, good luck to you on your season too, bro. And uh, good luck with the newborn. Yeah, man. Um, we're gonna end the show like that, man. So. Once again, y'all, thank y'all for listening. This is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace. Hey, man, it's your boy, Shard. It's your boy, G-Downs. Here from Bad Speakers Podcast. If you're a fan of... Bad Speaker Podcast, then be sure to check and subscribe to Bad Speakers Podcast. A show that covers interviews, music, hip-hop, sex, barbershop talk, anything that you want from the culture and podcast. And it's brought to you by, exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. Hey, man, if you want that real, tune in to Bad Speakers Podcast. Uncut, unadulterated, real Hip-hop barbershop talk.